Welcome everybody to Papa John's Brain Droppings Podcast Part 2. Alright, so let's get a little bit closer here. Thank you again guys for joining the show. Um, Obviously it's going to be probably a lot better than the first episode. first episode, you know, got to explain what the show is, what it's about, all those things. This time around, we can jump right into it. It's going to be a lot of fun, lots of good stuff to talk about on today's podcast. The first is actually a bit of a joke. Um, for those of you guys that watch wrestling, you might be familiar with a show called Botchamania Online. Uh, a guy named Matthew is unbelievable at what he does. Um, he has a joke where if wrestlers use a table in a match and the table doesn't break, he plays a song that says, I am the table. So he actually apparently was playing beer pong and at the table that he was using, he signed it, I am the table. So I thought that was pretty funny. You know, good way to start the show. On a totally different note, Uh, What's going on in the U.S. between North Korea, Japan, and the U.S., it's not quite as funny. And yesterday, uh, Mattis actually came out to speak with the media. So we will have that clip to talk about on first. Things are escalating very, very quickly, as you can tell, uh, between the U.S. and North Korea. I said Japan, but also South Korea has uh, obviously been a major part of this as well. Um, To hear Secretary Mattis talk that way, it's kind of scary, kind of like what we were talking about yesterday. Um, This isn't the latest moment in America right now. Um, So... Yeah, like just the words that he was using, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a good situation in any respect. Um, he wasn't done talking yet, so we'll play this clip. Unified voice. All members unanimously agreed on the threat North Korea poses, and they remain unanimous in their commitment to the denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. Because we are not looking to the total annihilation of a country, namely North Korea. But as I said, we have many options to do so. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Secretary Mattis, do you believe they've got a, a nuclear warhead that could go on a missile? So, again, 
pretty disturbing stuff there. I always get a kick out of me the media asking questions to people that are leaving the stage as if they're going to turn around and answer those questions. Um, obviously, Mattis was not going to do that. Um, but when you hear terms like total annihilation of a country, it's not a good thing. Um, so this is looking like it's going to get pretty dark pretty quick um, unless you know diplomacy wins out. Um, speaking of that, that's going to be a little bit later on in the show, but we do have some clips from the UN about this, uh, just to kind of give you guys like the full picture of what's gone on in the last 24 hours when it comes to North Korea. And I know yesterday on the podcast, we were talking a lot about North Korea. Um, this podcast will be talking a lot about North Korea as well. Um, and it doesn't really stop there. As I was saying, the AP was tweeting out. Um, the defense chief says the U.S. is not looking to the total annihilation of North Korea, but we have many options to do so. So again, just to kind of quote back what we just saw, we're talking about total annihilation. Um, so some pretty serious, serious stuff there. Um, some pretty scary stuff, really. Um, Tara McKelvey also tweeted, uh, Mattis stood in front of the West Wing, telling me and other reporters that Trump had weighed the total annihilation of North Korea, which is obviously shocking, um, in her words, um, you know, and, and it is shocking. There's there's really no other word to put on it. Um, shocking, devastating, um, disappointing in a lot of ways, scary, um, you know, all of the synonyms that go with that. Uh, it's a pretty rough situation. Uh, Sarah Burris also tweeted out that the Trump administration is not looking for the annihilation of any country, including North Korea, and she just added, has anyone told Trump that? So a bit of a, a dig there at Donald Trump. Um, and kind of switching gears, so we will definitely go back to North Korea in just a little bit, uh, but on a little bit of a lighter note, let's talk movies, and let's talk about the fact that the hitman's bodyguard actually topped the box office again. I believe this is actually the third week in a row that The Hitman's Bodyguard was actually at the top of the box office. Um, I've seen The Hitman's Bodyguard. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I will say that, you know, based on the trailer, I was kind of expecting more. Based on the fact that Ryan Reynolds is in it, Samuel L. Jackson, I was kind of thinking, oh, you know, this is going to be like a really, really funny movie. It was funny, but it wasn't exactly what I was looking for. I was looking for laugh out loud funny. Um, maybe something close to like Central Intelligence with The Rock and Kevin Hart, but it wasn't that. Um, as a matter of fact, I don't really think that it's the best comedy movie out there right now. I think Logan Lucky, Logan Lucky uh, with you know James Bond playing in that movie, uh, James Bond himself, um, it's a different character for him and I just found like that movie was so much funnier than the hitman's bodyguard so when I look at this I kind of see that you know there's not really that many great movies out there right now um, but I do think that there's a better movie out there right now than uh, the hitman's bodyguard I think if any of you guys haven't seen it yet Logan Lucky go see it um, I highly highly uh, recommend it I think it's a really funny movie um, and out of everything that's in theaters right now, I really think that it's probably the best movie that's out in theaters right now. Until 
later this month when the sequel to the kingsman comes out uh the kingsman the golden circle i cannot wait for that one to come out um so i'm definitely gonna go see it uh we might even talk about it on this show uh if there's a spoiler alert i'll give a spoiler alert of course um but i'll let you guys know what i think about it um and yeah i'm looking forward to it if it's as good as the first one it's going to be a pretty good movie um moving on uh, the next brain dropping that we have uh, is actually also from another account that I retweet a lot out of. Uh, if you guys aren't following Billionaire Mindset, uh, his Twitter handle is at INT Things. Um, if you're not following Billionaire Mindset, I highly recommend it, guys. Um, he just has, in my opinion, um, probably the most inspirational. Uh, messages that you can see online and I think especially in today's world you know we're, we're talking about North Korea um, you need that a lot you know you need that positive reinforcement you need those positive messages and just you know different things to get you going and to get you seeing things maybe in a different light um, so this tweet that I retweeted uh, I thought was really good the only guarantee for failure is to stop trying um, so absolutely, if you don't try, you'll never know. I'm a strong believer in that. This podcast is an example of that. This is something that I'm you know, trying out, um, but it's something that I'm very passionate about. So I'm very, very excited to be doing this podcast, um, and I'm really excited to see the response. I didn't really get a chance to talk about that off the top, but um, I'm so thankful to everybody that's already watched the first episode. It's only been out for one day. Um, already we've got like 39 views on YouTube we've got uh, at least 23 uh, people that have liked the show on Facebook uh, that's facebook.com slash PJ Papa John BD brain dropping so PJ BD podcast so facebook.com slash PJ BD podcast uh, if you haven't liked that page be sure to like it uh, be sure to comment review um, you know, interact. You know, that's what this show is going to be about as time goes on. It's going to be less and less about my thoughts and the Twitter timeline as much as, you know, interacting with you guys, whether that's through Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, um, heck, even like iTunes reviews when we get there. Um, there's there's going to be a lot of interaction, and that's what I'm so excited about with this show is that it's going to evolve over time. Hopefully this show is better than the first show by far. I actually watched it back. Um, it was a little bit stiff, um, but you know that's that's hopefully going to change as we get more comfortable with, with each other. I get more comfortable with with you know the layout of things. Um, but I gotta say, guys, like it is so much fun doing these things. I had a blast uh, filming it. I had an even bigger blast editing it and you know putting it up on YouTube, uh, setting up on podcast.com, uh, which is a great host by the way. Um, you know and submitting it. For review uh, for now uh, with iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. So stay tuned in uh, because we hopefully will have some news hopefully by the end of the week about uh, our status on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on TuneIn. So we're going to be on a lot of different uh, platforms and you know the success already of this show um, tells me that this is something that I want to keep doing. It's something I was going to do no matter what. If the only viewer for this show is just me, I would still make these things because 
it's just fun. It's to me like this is this is so much fun to be able to do, um, to just you know sit sit down, talk about my thoughts, talk about what other people are thinking, talk about you know what's interesting you know um, in the last twenty four hours. So um, yeah, like if I didn't try this, I wouldn't know what it would be like. I'm so happy that I tried this because I'm so happy with. Uh, what we were able to do for the first episode um, and you know I think I'm going to be even happier with this episode and that's the goal for me is like each show I want to be better than the last um, because that's evolution you know that's that's how we each get better at what we do um, you know and, and for me I want each show to be better so um, I'm not going to stop trying uh, because that's the only guarantee for failure if I don't try so a really cool tweet there um, the other one, uh, this image looks like it's showing up pretty good, uh, so that's good. Uh, this was actually, for those of you guys that aren't quite as nerdy as me, I understand. Um, I wouldn't consider myself like the biggest nerd overall, but I am, you know, reasonably nerdy. Um, if you've watched Star Wars, you can probably consider yourself a nerd. I've watched Star Wars, I love Star Wars, I would consider myself a nerd. Um, when it comes to Star Wars, the new uh, episode that came out, episode 7, uh, we got a sneak peek at uh, the new Emperor, if you will, for this you know, next three movies, uh, and his name is Snoke. And Snoke, this guy here, who looks like a combination of Gollum, Freddy Krueger, um, you know, I hate to say it, but like a really bad burn victim. Um, you know, Freddy Krueger. Um, it's a weird look, you know. Um, I remember watching episode seven, and I was thinking to myself, like, you know, in my head, I'm halfway thinking, I'm expecting this guy to go, my precious, my precious, um, you know, because he looks so much like Gollum, um, you know, but this time he's in a golden robe, and this was something that was leaked. I believe it's like a toy of uh, Snoke um, that's going to be released soon uh, for The Last Jedi so um, it's kind of like a sneak peek for everybody to see what he looks like without the shadows and the CGI um, you know it's an interesting interesting look but again to me you know you, you put him up there with the Emperor the Emperor is here in my mind Snoke is somewhere somewhere near Jar Jar Binks to me, to be honest. Um, I, I, I think that there needs to be a little bit more imagination. I think he looks too much like Gollum. I wasn't that impressed with that part of the new Star Wars, uh, you know, since Disney's taken over. So, another tweet. Uh, this one I retweeted uh, because I just found it to be so sad. Um, but, you know, it's something that I thought was worth talking about on the podcast as well. Um, for those of you that don't know, this podcast is based out of Toronto, Canada. Um, and this was a tweet from Toronto Police Canine Unit. Um, and they regret to announce the passing of PSD Cash um, last night after an unexpected medical emergency. Uh, Cash served the city of Toronto for seven years. So... Uh, obviously part of the canine unit um, you know it's it's pretty sad um, you know but uh, you know looks like a cute dog um, you know 
awesome to see that he served uh, for seven years for the city of Toronto. Um, and yeah, you know, like I, I just saw that, got really sad, felt like, you know, this is something that I'd like to share with you guys on the podcast, um, you know, and, and, you know, have, you know, maybe like a moment just to recognize uh, what PSD Cash did uh, for the city of Toronto. So moving on, on a much lighter note, uh, there's a movie coming out. It's a remake for the movie It. Um, and if you've seen the original It, which I did growing up as a kid, um, that movie was creepy, man. I'm not going to lie. Like, I think for a lot of kids my age, growing up watching that movie, it really, really made you get scared of clowns, you know? Um, this new It movie, uh, if you've seen the trailers for it, I don't know, for me it doesn't quite do it. it, it I, I still feel like the original is actually scarier than even the tr- comparing it to the trailer for the new It movie. Um, but there's a lot of similarities, right? Um, in the original, the clown character you would see coming out of the sewer, you, you know, the balloon was also a part of the gimmick as well. Um, and sure enough, I thought this was really really interesting from a marketing perspective, really cool. Um, in Sydney, Australia, uh, they actually are marketing the It movie uh, by putting up red balloons near the sewers. <laughs> uh, so as you guys can see, um, some pretty unique marketing. I think it's pretty cool. Um, there's actually like a few images of it. Um, here, I don't know if you can necessarily read that, uh, but it's spray painted near the sewer. It's closer than you think. It movie, uh, hashtag it movie, in cinemas September 7th. Um, and there you see the red balloon right there. And uh, Nick Johnson tweeted this and he's saying, awesomely creepy. I would agree with that. Uh, going back, uh, another billionaire mindset tweet, uh, some words of wisdom. People will judge you no matter what you do, so you might as well do what you want. I think that's so true. And again, you know, I draw the parallel to this podcast, you know. Um, Luckily for me, I don't think there's anybody in my life that was saying not to do this podcast. Um, Nothing but positivity, nothing but encouragement. And I appreciate everybody that's that's given me that, Um, especially even after, especially after the first episode, a lot of people watched it, were giving me some really good reviews of it, some really good comments and feedback. yeah you know like you might as well do what you want stay true to yourself you know in other words like that's that's the message so um you know that rings true to me i think it's a really good message to put out there something i wanted to to add to the podcast as well for today um then there was this so file this under like the odd category um the ap out west had some breaking news last night in Nevada. So a Nevada sheriff said that there was a man who ran into Burning Man Festival's signature burning of a towering effigy and he died. Um, So, you know, that was really crazy to me because it's almost like, because I tweeted out, um, he took it literally, (laughs) you know? (laughs) I hate to say that, Um, you know, especially because he passed away, but, you know, it's an effigy. It's not literally like burning an actual person. Um, so yeah, that one was was pretty weird. Um, but I did find a little bit of humor in that. Um, dark humor, obviously, but 
you know, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, then there was this, speaking of funny. Um, so there is a statue that was made of Nick Smith, um, and this is, I believe, in New Zealand. Um, he's squatting over a glass of water, um, and this has been sent to the Environment Canterbury headquarters. Um, so this is the statue, and if you guys can tell, obviously, he's squatting. Uh, he's got his business attire on doesn't appear to be wearing any pants or maybe his trousers are a little bit lower and you don't see it in this image but there's actually like a glass of water right underneath him so um, a message being sent out uh, to the government there in New Zealand when it comes to the environment I thought that was kind of funny kind of clever kind of cute um, so I wanted to share that with you guys as well Another bit of news uh, coming from TMZ, uh, TMZ, uh, however you pronounce it, uh, from yesterday was about uh, hip-hop artist Lil Wayne. Uh, Lil Wayne was hospitalized for seizures in Chicago, and he had a gig in Vegas coming up, but that's now in doubt uh, because of these seizures that he's had. So, uh, you know, Lil Wayne, there's a, quite a few songs of his that I enjoy. Um, you know, hopefully all the best to him. Hopefully, you know, he's able to, uh, you know, recover and perform. Um, maybe not necessarily in the Vegas gig, gig. That might be, you know, a little bit too soon. But, uh, you know, all the best to Lil Wayne. A very good hip-hop artist. If you haven't listened to his music, I highly recommend him. Uh, moving on. And again, North Korea is going to be a major part of this podcast. I mean, let's be honest, guys. It was a major part of last of the last podcast yesterday. It's going to be a large part of every podcast for the foreseeable future. Um, it, it is the news in a lot of ways, right? Um, so this was a tweet that came from Gene uh, H. Lee, uh, Twitter handle at NewsGene. Uh, she was saying that more missiles were fired over Korea, this time from South Korea, as Seoul practices wiping out North Korea's nuclear site. Um, and she retweeted, South Korea holds ballistic missile drill against North Korea nuke test. So, you know, as North Korea continues to escalate these things with the testing that they're doing, there's going to be responses, right? And some of them we may not like. Uh, because it may actually escalate things further, but it's one of those things where, like, even from the U.S. perspective, let alone South Korea, because they're right there, let alone Japan, because they're right there, it's a very difficult situation, as you guys know, right? Um, you're talking about lives here. You really are, at the end of the day, you're talking about humanity. Um, it's something that you don't want to see happen. Um, you know, but you, you always have this fear that as these governments are doing these things that it's just going to further escalate, the tensions are, are you know, going to rise further and further and further, um, and you worry, you know, what's going to happen, you know. Um, South Korea, obviously they're right there, they feel like they're doing what's in their best interest by um, showing this, you know, real show of force uh, to North Korea, um, you know, agree with it, disagree with it. Um, I don't think it's really fair for us to say, uh, you know, whether you're living in Canada or the U.S. right now, um, you know, you're not right there 
next to you know a really crazy neighbor that's you know testing hydrogen bombs and ICBMs, uh, intercontinental miss ballistic missiles. Um, for those of you guys that don't know, um, you know, it's a tough situation. It's a very tough situation, and um, you know, it might be a situation where it's just you you don't really know what to expect. And I think that's what's scary for so many people. Um, but it's also what draws so much interest to the story, right? Um, nobody really knows where this is gonna go. Everybody's hoping for the best. Um, but in a lot of ways, people are fearing for the worst. Um, you, ha you almost have to at this point. You, you have to at least prepare yourself um, for what could happen if the worst does happen, you know? Um, but we'll we'll continue to talk about North Korea. Believe me, there's a lot of North Korea content uh, left for this podcast. Um, but flipping the script a little bit, um, this was something interesting. Again, you know, Star Wars. Um, we're still a few months out before the new Star Wars comes out, but uh, obviously with Disney taking over and you know the way Star Wars gets promoted. There's already a lot of things coming out. We just talked about uh, the f action figures that are coming out. Um, there is actually going to be, I believe in the United Kingdom, um, some shiny new royal mail stamps uh, featuring Star Wars creatures and droids. Um, some of these creatures, I'll be honest with you, like I'm a Star Wars fan, but even I'm not like 100% familiar with a lot of these characters. They're still relatively new to me. Um, I know that this is, uh, of course, I think everybody knows, uh, this is R2-D2, right? So there's a stamp now for R2-D2 in the UK. Uh, there's BB-8, uh, the new droid in the new uh, trilogy. Uh, then you've got this creature, who's uh, K2SO. I don't really know about that character. Uh, I believe this is actually going to be a character that will be... Um, debuting in, in The Last Jedi, maybe, I hope, because I honestly don't know what this character is. Uh, you've got Chewie, a classic character. Um, you've got C-3PO. Um, you've got Snoke. And you've got uh, these two other creatures from Star Wars. I honestly don't know <laughs> what they are. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, really good artwork um, for you know stamps. A lot of times, like they continue to improve with the artwork for that. Um, I thought that these were some really colorful, really cool stamps that they've made in the United Kingdom to celebrate the Star Wars movies uh, that are going to continue to come out. And another tweet that came out again, going back to North Korea. Uh, breaking news at the time, this was actually from 12 hours ago, so it's not quite as breaking now, um, but China makes diplomatic protest to North Korea over the nuclear test. Um, that's from their foreign ministry. Uh, another tweet, follow-up to that, China foreign ministry says, already lodged solemn representations to North Korea embassy in China on their nuclear test. And another follow-up to that, China's foreign ministry says North Korea is clear on China's opposition to its nuclear tests. 
And continuing with that, China's foreign ministry says calls on all sides to remain calm over the North Korea issue. So China's in a unique position, obviously, in this issue. Um, their relationship that they have with North Korea, their relationship that they have with the rest of the world. Um, you know, you would like to maybe see more coming out of China when it comes to North Korea because of the power that they seem to have over North Korea. Um, just with the relationship that they have with North Korea. Um, and it, it's a bit of, to me, mixed messages. You know, you see, you know, quite a few tweets there talking about China protesting North Korea's nuclear tests. And then at the same time, you're seeing their foreign ministry saying for all sides to remain calm over the North Korea issue. So, you know, you're kind of seeing them talk out of both sides of their mouth at a time when you want to see probably more coming out of China uh, to help the situation. And another tweet from Sky News News Desk, uh, Seoul military says North Korea appears to be preparing to launch a ballistic missile. So this was 13 hours ago. Um, you know, North Korea just continues to test these ballistic missiles, it seems like. Uh, another tweet from Sky News, South Korean Defense Minister says the President and officials agree it is time to strengthen military response against North Korea. So again, you know, we're going to be talking more and more about North Korea on this podcast. Um, you're seeing different responses from different countries here. South Korea, obviously, probably the most aggressive because of how close they are. Uh, Japan also you know, preparing for what they want to do next. China, you know, continues to talk, um, but it's not quite clear what exactly they're doing with North Korea. And the United States, we're going to talk a little bit more. Obviously, we saw what Mattis was saying before. Um, there's a few more clips that we're going to be looking at a little bit later in the podcast. Uh, but for a little bit of humor, uh, Piers Morgan, who used to be a host on CNN, uh, tweeted out that he's going to be co-hosting his show tomorrow with three broken ribs uh, For the more fragile snowflakes. He says among you. This is called manning up um, So a wrestling fan saw that tweet and they retweeted back Well, Kurt Angle won the Olympics with a broken freaking neck you inbred <laughs> So I thought that was a pretty funny tweet um, Going up a bit continuing to talk about wrestling um, There's a tag team in the WWE, uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, uh, they have a new shirt that just came out, and they have a hashtag on it. I don't know if you guys can necessarily see it there, um, but it's hashtag GB4-life. Uh, now, the problem is that you can't really use that hashtag because of the dash. So, you know, it's interesting that, you know, I don't know if the wrestlers were a part of that conversation but at least the people in marketing for the WWE probably should have realized that when they made that shirt still sticking with wrestling uh, this was a screen capture of an old wrestling event um, and you see this a lot in wrestling um, but I thought this was pretty funny it's always funny whenever you see signs at a wrestling event and you know everybody's carrying a letter but the letters are out of order, right? Um, so 
this was a sign way back in the day that was supposed to be for Chris Benoit, uh, who had the nickname The Crippler. Um, but as you can see, it didn't quite spell it out properly. Uh, so it says R. Sippler. Whoops. Still sticking with wrestling, a lot of wrestling content on today's show. Um, an interesting, again, another interesting bit of merchandise, another interesting shirt um, for the WWE. Um, I don't believe that this is actually, I hope it's not actually an official shirt for the WWE because it's way, way off. Um, I can tell from the screen right there that it's showing perfectly. Um, it's got in the background the logo for John Cena it's got John Cena there in the front but at the top it says Randy Orton so yeah pretty big mistake there um, but what's interesting is that Randy Orton himself tweeted out that too bad it's a knockoff because if it was legitimate, he might actually be able to sell some t-shirts. So I thought that that was pretty interesting uh, for Randy Orton to say that. Alright, so for this next series of tweets, it definitely needs to be set up. So this is something relatively new. This was actually within the last 12 hours or so. Um, there's a British comedian that went on to a radio show and he apparently has characters that he plays as a hip-hop artist and what he was doing on that show um, has actually become an online meme um, so there's quite a few memes that I thought were hilarious based on this character that he plays um, that I wanted to share with you guys uh, so this meme uh, to set it up uh, Rose Glitter uh, was the person that tweeted this uh, said for me I gently add fries into the pot and then I add the oil and this is what happens so I thought that was hilarious you add fries into the pot you add a little bit of oil that's the noise that it makes, obviously. So, um, it goes deeper than that. Um, there's actually quite a few memes that I thought were hilarious uh, based on this. Um, so for those of you guys that don't know, uh, Big Ben is going to be under construction for quite some time. Um, so they actually had uh, unique footage of Big Ben's final uh, bell being sounded. We're going to let you listen to the entirety of this last midday chime for some time. And there's even more, so I'll play this one as well. The car goes back, 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 back. It's a child one. One. I'm not one, not one. This is just fun, just fun. I've got a water gun, water gun. Spread it at your girl's leg. Pew, pew. She's slim like a peck, peck. But I'm not interested. Stead. She said, look at your head, head. 
Panther. Yeah, I know it's square. Square. But what else can you say? Say. You can never be bad. No way. You can never be bad. Stop it. You can never be bad. Got it. I told her her breath stinks. Breath stinks. You need breath mints. Breath mints. I like mints. Mints. With spaghetti. Spray confetti. Bum, bum, My mom bum. said, when were you marae? I told her I'm not in a hurry. Look what happened to Barray. And Sandra. Sandra. She left him. I did. Because he couldn't buy her the balance. Balance. Yeah, one extra. So, apologies for the technical difficulties. I thought that was hilarious. You can never be Um, You know, so this continued to get crazier and crazier, this comedian's work on uh, that radio show. Um, it actually went to uh, the nightlife parties in the UK. And this is what happens. This was actually a tweet from the comedian himself, Michael DePas, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, he says, listen, this song is actually shutting down parties, I'm done. Uh, too much love for you guys. So it's hilarious to see like a skit that he was doing actually turning into uh, something that was shutting down parties in the UK. Switching gears now, um, going back to wrestling. Uh, this was an old show, I believe from 2006 or 2010, um, for the WWE, it was when they had ECW, um, and a fan apparently shouted at Sabu, are you retarded, three seconds before this happened. So let's try to see that one more time. Ouch. Uh, so that takes us to our next story that we're going to be talking about. This one I found very interesting. Um, this was actually coming out of Russia. Uh, Vladimir Putin was saying that AI is the future, not only for Russia, but for all of humankind. Um, and this was Putin speaking to Russian kids on what they call Knowledge Day there. So, kind of creepy to be hearing Vladimir Putin talking about AI, uh, specifically because of this quote that he had afterwards, whoever leads in AI will rule the world. So pretty scary stuff there from Vladimir Putin. And somebody responded to that saying uh, with a meme here, so it begins. And it does begin. Uh, quite a few tweets coming out of this. Uh, Putin, the nation that leads the AI will be the ruler of the world. Analysts warn that with Trump's science cuts, the US is actually falling behind. Um, so that also similar to North Korea, is a scary situation. If you've got Russia looking at trying to advance their technology, trying to lead the world with AI, and you've got the US with Donald Trump uh, cutting science and continuing to get the US to be further and further behind 
of the rest of the world and they point out it's not just Russia later on um, but before we get to that uh, Putin's vision for making Russia great is AI uh, Trump's vision for making America great is coal and Civil War statues and that's from Pierre Omidyar so very good tweet there I like the dig at Donald Trump as well um, Kevin Kelly also tweeted uh, that Putin was saying when one party's drones are destroyed by the drones of another it will have no other choice but to surrender uh, so again pointing to this power of AI um, you know some pretty scary stuff there uh, being said by Vladimir Putin um, and as I was saying it's not just Russia that's involved in this rush to be the leader for artificial intelligence China also plans to use AI to gain global economic dominance by the year 2030, uh, building a $150, excuse me, I said $150, $150 billion market. Uh, so China plans to use artificial intelligence to gain global economic dominance by 2030, uh, building a $150 billion market. And this got an extra layer of interesting when Elon Musk tweeted out that China, Russia, soon all the countries with strong computer science, the competition for AI superiority at the national level most likely will cause World War III in his opinion. Um, so coming from Elon Musk, that's a pretty scary thought as well, that this rush for leading the world in artificial intelligence could lead to World War III. And what's even scarier, he added to that comment, Elon Musk, he was saying that it may be initiated not by the leaders of those countries, but by one of the artificial intelligences itself. Uh, so if it decides that a preemptive strike is the most probable path to victory, it might actually do that on its own, which could lead the world into a third world war. And Elon Musk continued to scare people <laughs> with these tweets. Uh, he tweeted out that governments don't need to follow normal laws. They will obtain artificial intelligence developed by companies at gunpoint if necessary. Um, so again, a pretty dystopian view of what the world could be looking like in the future as these countries race each other to lead the world in artificial intelligence. Um, you know, Elon Musk going as far as to saying that when these things happen, normal laws won't even be in effect because countries will just take from developers um, at gunpoint even. Um, so some pretty dark thoughts there from Elon Musk. Uh, wally for you responded to that. Great, another arms race and no binding ruling regarding AI and weapons. Uh, so exactly, pretty scary stuff there. Um, Greg Johnson responded uh, to Elon Musk. He said, oh, wonderful. My nightmares are now bleeding into reality. How fun. Um, so a bit of humor there, but also a little bit dark. And then you've got the meme with the Terminator, which is fitting with artificial intelligence. Uh, Come with me if you want to live, right? Um, so pretty scary stuff with artificial intelligence. Um, then there's this. Um, so... Let me take you guys back a couple of days. Um, 
where there was this video of stones being thrown at a wall um, for religious reasons. Uh, basically, uh, it's their way of stoning the devil, um, or at least that's my understanding of it. Um, so, you know, I had a little bit of fun with that. I was saying to that uh, video, I wonder how many people get injured doing this just with the ricochet of the stones bouncing off the wall alone, right? So did I mean that seriously? Did I mean that literally? No. Um, if anybody's ever seen the wall that they're throwing the stones at, there's a huge area where the stones fall into. So there's really no way that the pebbles or the stones could ricochet off and hit somebody else that's throwing stones, right? Um, so clearly what I was saying was a joke, um, but Talat, I believe that's how you pronounce it, um, didn't really take it as a joke. <laughs> he was saying that the number of people that get injured with ricochet is zero, exclamation mark. Uh, the stone has special criteria. It must be very small, like a bean or smaller. Uh, it is recommended to be with no sharp edges, thanks. So, my sense of humor seems to have offended him. I apologize for that, but at the same time, a part of me doesn't really apologize for that, right? Because it's poking fun, not at him, but it's poking fun at religion, right? Um, I'm not a religious person, but I'm also not an atheist. I think those are pretty much the same things to me. On one side, you've got a group of people that say they know for sure that there is a God of some sort. And on the other side, you have a group of people that say they know for sure that there's not a God of some sort. So to me, I don't understand why people can't just say they don't know. I'm not afraid to say I don't know. Um, and if that's an issue, which of course it is with different religions, um, I just find the whole thing silly. I find religion to be, um, in a way, a form of control, a form of mind control, um, if you go way, way back, the history of it. Um, not to mention the mythology, um, the events that actually happened, when did they happen, um, you know, the there's so many podcasts that we can do to talk about those things but um yeah i mean if your god is a god that needs to needs to be told that they're your savior um what does that say about your god you know what i mean like it, it's kind of you know and i know that this is offensive to a lot of people but that's just my viewpoint that's my brain dropping about religion um, I just view it as being silly. I really do, um, in every way, in every way. Um, but again, I'm not, I don't consider myself to be an atheist because I believe they're just as silly as really heavily religious people um, because atheism to me is a belief that there is no God and I think that's just as silly because how do you know? You don't know, right? And I think the best approach, at least to me, to take is, you know, to be humble about it, to say that you don't know for sure, um, to respect everybody's beliefs, um, but at the same time as respecting it, 
being able to poke fun at the things that are silly, right? Um, such as throwing stones at an invisible devil. I think that's ridiculous. I think that's very silly. Um, and, you know, how does that make you a better person throwing stones at anything, even the devil? You know, that, that doesn't really make sense to me. Um, you know, what happened to turning the other cheek? You know, um, it, the whole thing is just, you know, silly is the only word I can think of. It, it, it's it's um, not something to consume the time that you have in this life um, because there's no real way of knowing. That's the bottom line when it comes to religion, you know? Um, but I believe that, um, you know, in, in my view, um, the humblest thing to do is to say that you don't know, you know, to hope that there is a God, you know, um, but to say that you don't know. And, you know, I believe that at the end of the day, people should be good for the sake of being a good person. You know, I don't think there should be or needs to be a reward at the end of that, um, you know, a heaven or a hell or any of those types of things. Um, you know, why can't you just be a good person for the sake of being a good person? That's truly what I believe. Um, you know, so if that offends people, apologize. Um, if you understand somewhat where I'm coming from with that, um, I appreciate your respecting my views on that. Some of you guys might agree with me 100% all the power to you guys um, some of you guys will disagree with me 100% and will side with uh, Talat here um, but it's all good at the end of the day I, I don't take it that seriously Talat does so you know I'm sorry that it did offend him obviously because this wasn't the only tweet that he sent it to me he sent me this tweet as well an image of the stones that he was throwing or the pebbles he was sh throwing uh, one by one it's thrown not all together the force is not required, it's not a sports competition, all caps, good night, Mr. Newton. So um, clearly he was offended by what I was saying, uh, but I also think that he didn't quite understand the angle that I was taking with that. It was not to poke, it wasn't to poke holes in his religion as much as just to poke fun at it, you know, and, and I don't regret that in any way. I think it's ridiculous that grown men are throwing stones at a wall pretending that the devil is there I don't really see how that's productive in any way so um, moving on a little bit of a lighter subject um, I'm not a viewer of the TV show uh, Twin Peaks uh, but I have watched a lot of movies made by David Lynch David Lynch is obviously uh, the director creator of Twin Peaks um, and I was not surprised even though I haven't watched the shows uh, to hear a lot of people saying that the ending for Twin Peaks was very strange it didn't make sense um, if you've watched any movies from David Lynch you'll know that his stuff is never really linear and it doesn't always make sense necessarily there's a lot of substance to it there's a lot of layers to it um, he's an artist in a lot of ways so I thought that this was funny uh, anybody that was watching uh, the last episode of Twin Peaks they've all been lynched and there's an image there of David Lynch I thought that was pretty good um, 
going back, lots of wrestling on this podcast episode. Uh, if you haven't already figured out, I'm a huge wrestling fan, so um, it's always good to talk a little bit of wrestling. Um, this I thought was hilarious. This was an image of uh, an event that happened in the late 90s, very controversial at the time. Uh, it features Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash. Um, at the time, Kevin Nash was the world champion and Hulk Hogan was challenging Kevin Nash for the world title. And it wasn't really a match. What happened was Hulk Hogan used his finger to press up against Kevin Nash's chest just lightly, ever so slightly. And Kevin Nash dived backwards. He laid down, basically laid down for the count. Um, and Hulk Hogan immediately became the champion. And it was revealed right after uh, that it was a huge screw job, especially I think at the time to Goldberg, who was a challenger for the title. And you know they were all laughing, hugging each other. Um, so it's a controversial time in wrestling. Uh, not quite as controversial as the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels screw job in Montreal, but it's up there. Um, a lot of people still talk about the finger poke of doom to this day. Um, so I thought this image was hilarious because it's the finger poke of doom now in 3D and select theaters. And what they did was they took an image from, for those of you guys that can't really tell, uh, from the Terminator uh, T2, I believe, uh, where the, I can't remember the name of the character, the police officer, but he's like, he's melted metal. He's got the ability to form in different liquid metal shapes. Uh, he's piercing his finger as a as a knife through uh, the character there. Uh, so, you know, finger poke of doom, I thought that was pretty clever. Uh, I wanted to share that with you guys, especially those of you guys that are wrestling fans. I know you guys will appreciate that. Uh, pretty funny tweet there. Uh, this image, I also wanted to share with you guys. I just found it pretty fascinating, uh, just as an image by itself. Uh, this was a storm over Wisconsin in the US. Uh, this is an image from at Earthpix, P-I-X, on Twitter. If you don't follow them, definitely do. They've got some really great images. Uh, and this shows you that, right? Uh, so you've got, uh, looks like a barn. Um, you've got a field here, a few trees, and then you've got an overcast shot. Um, but what's interesting is you've got dark clouds and there's still a lot of light in the image. Uh, so I just thought that that was like a really cool image, definitely something that I wanted to share with you guys on the podcast. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, definitely follow us on twitter.com slash the John D. Newton, uh, N-E-W-T-O-N, and you can definitely see the image uh, retweeted that way as well. Um, so from images to some scary images, this is out of Australia. Uh, this was a drag racing event in Australia that, that had to be cancelled after burning fuel hit the crowd when somebody was trying to do a burnout. Uh, so this is like NASCAR gone extreme in the worst way. Um, so we'll have you guys take a look and listen to this.
So some pretty crazy stuff there. Um, if any of you guys uh, watch NASCAR, I used to watch NASCAR a lot growing up in Atlanta for a long time. Um, that's something you've never really seen before. Obviously, this is a much smaller event in Australia, but uh, to see somebody doing a burnout with their car and then, you know, for the burning fuel to actually hit the crowd and catch on fire, um, some pretty scary stuff there. Um, out of that event, uh, one person was actually in critical condition and 11 others were injured after the burnouts at the show sprayed flames into uh, the spectators. Uh, so some pretty scary stuff there in Australia. Um, switching gears, uh, Stuff TV, at Stuff TV, uh, had an interesting tweet talking about the new iPhone 8. And I believe the iPhone 8, they're going to have Apple, their huge reveal for it, I believe on September 12th. Um, but already, a lot of media outlets are getting their hands on the phones or they're getting replicas, they're getting more information about what the iPhone 8 is going to have. What are the features of the iPhone 8 that are gonna stand out? Um, so the features that they understand that will stand out is that it will be fully waterproof uh, and it will feature wireless charging as well as 3D face scanning. Um, so those are the three big features coming out of the iPhone 8. Um, obviously, if you look at the images, it looks like it's going to be taking up almost the entire screen uh, will be the screen itself. Um, so yeah, it's something to look out for. I know a lot of people always get excited about the new iPhones. Uh, for me, personally, I've got the iPhone 7 Plus. Um, do these features really strike me as something like, oh, you know, I've, I've got to have this phone. This is These are features that I can't live without be honest with you guys no um, but you know looking at phones and the evolution of phones like that's usually the way it works out is you know if you've got a pretty recent phone the next model is not that much different um, and that's definitely the case here you know the fact that it's fully waterproof does that make a huge difference to me in terms of you know getting a new phone I don't really care I'm pretty careful with my phone I tend not to spill stuff on it um, it features wireless charging now that doesn't really get me interested for the iPhone 8, but I am kind of interested to see what that technology is and how that works. Um, so, you know, that's where my level of interest is with that. I, I'm not I'm not gonna get an iPhone 8 because it has wireless charging, but I'm interested to see just how that technology works and how that evolves. Um, and then you've got 3D face scanning. So, um, you know, I'm not quite sure what that is. Um, maybe it's like a new biometric for you to be able to unlock your device uh, similar to like the, the fingerprint, thumbprint that people use now or the eye scanner for other devices um, maybe 3D face scanning is just what Snapchat does right now uh, where it literally scans your face before it does you know those crazy effects so not a lot of information yet um, you know as we get closer to September 12th, September 12th itself obviously I think you'll find out more We'll find out more. Um, if there's anything that's interesting that comes out of it, uh, we'll definitely talk about it on the podcast. If all that there is about the iPhone 8 is just these three features, um, we probably won't be talking about it again on the podcast. Um, that brings us to another string of tweets, uh, something that was, I found pretty interesting. Um, Obviously, didn't get a chance to say to you guys, but if you're watching the show today, 
uh, happy Labor Day. Um, with Labor Day, though, uh, there is a tradition um, when it comes to fashion uh, where they say not to wear white after Labor Day, right? Um, so this is like a series of tweets, uh, a subject that I thought was pretty fun, especially with it being Labor Day, uh, to talk about. Um, so the first tweet here is from CC Mason, and she says, The no white after Labor Day was a fashion suggestion, not a rule, uh, and it was scrapped in the early 1960s. So you know, some interesting thoughts there about that rule, if you will. Then you've got a PSA uh, from Team C saying that she's going to be wearing white after Labor Day, so suck it. I will probably be wearing white after Labor Day too, so suck it for me too. Um, Eric Anderson tweeted, don't forget everyone, if you have white shoes, today's the last day to wear them. Hashtag Labor Day weekend. And they've got a gift. Fashion has changed. No, it hasn't. And then a slap. Um, yeah, so some debate there about this rule. Then you've got a tweet from at KMA Druner, uh, wear white after Labor Day to show everyone that you're a rebel. So a lot of people view it that way as well. Angel Crawley tweeted, I'm still going to wear my white vans after Labor Day. If you want to fight me about that. Daryl Mack tweeted, as Labor Day fast approaches, I'm at a loss trying to remember the last time I even owned white pants to stop wearing. Uh, that's true for a lot of people. Uh, for me, I actually do have white pants. Um, who knows, I might even wear it on the podcast after today. Maybe I'll be a rebel. And then you've got another tweet. Uh, this one is from Corey Danks. He's saying, no white after Labor Day, so I'll be spending the day dressed like I'm Rick Rubin. And he's got a picture there of Rick Rubin in all white. Uh, so some pretty funny stuff there. Uh, it's not over though. Uh, Katie also had a tweet going all out with white before Labor Day is over. And same idea, wearing all white. And that was the end of the thread. So lots of interesting talk about wearing white after Labor Day. I thought that was kind of amusing, especially with it being Labor Day today. Um, you know, sparking some conversations there, some interesting thoughts, um, a few jokes there, which I thought were funny. Um, and something totally different, uh, switching gears again, um, from the Boston Globe, uh, Sinclair Broadcast Group bids to blot out local TV. So. Uh, Boston, the Boston Globe has a, an article, an editorial, about a Sinclair Broadcast Group uh, wanting to bid for 42 television stations um, at, lo at a local level. So um, obviously concerns there about that level of control. Um, Sinclair already owns a lot of local networks, I believe, uh, especially from Fox, from what I understand. Um, and the reason why I think people are concerned about that is because Sinclair um, traditionally is a very, very conservative group. Um, they actually want to start their own uh, news network, or at least use these channels to create their own type of news network. Uh, the rumor is they want to be more right-wing than Fox News. Um, so yeah, that's, that's 
pretty scary to me. Um, the fact that they want to bid to blot out all the local TV stations and they actually want to uh, take over the local TV stations, uh, that's, that's pretty crazy stuff. Then there was another picture also from EarthPix that I wanted to share with you guys. I thought it was uh, pretty cute. Uh, this was in Assiniboine Park Zoo in Canada. Uh, and you've got the polar bear uh, looking down at the little girl there. Um, I thought that was you know, a pretty interesting picture. Uh, so again, for those of you guys that are listening to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, um, podcast.com, tune in, um, you know, follow us on Twitter. You can definitely see that picture. Follow EarthPix on Twitter, and you can see that picture there as well. Um, and that brings us back to North Korea. To recount some of the history. In 1993, the council approved Resolution 825, calling on North Korea to remain in the non-proliferation treaty. That didn't work. North Korea withdrew from the treaty and continued its nuclear pursuit. In 2006, the six-party talks faltered and North Korea conducted several ballistic missile launches. That led to Resolution 1695, condemning them. The same year, North Korea conducted its first nuclear test. That led to Resolution 1718, establishing a UN sanctions regime aiming to stop all nuclear, ballistic missile, and other weapons of mass destruction programs. After six-party talks fell apart again in 2009, North Korea conducted additional missile launches and its second nuclear test. That led to Resolution 1874, which expanded sanctions, including an arms embargo and cargo inspection obligations. In 2012, the Leap Day deal failed, and North Korea conducted two new space launches. The Security Council responded with the adoption of Resolution 2087. Following North Korea's third nuclear test in 2013, the Council adopted Resolution 2094, expanding sanctions to restrict financial, maritime, aviation, and diplomatic activities. By 2016, North Korea had conducted its fourth nuclear test and another space launch. They followed that with more missile launches. In response, the Council adopted multiple resolutions, expanding sanctions even further, targeting whole sectors of North Korea's economy. Finally, this year, the Council got even more serious. First, we adopted Resolution 2356, designating high-ranking North Korean government officials and the military's Strategic Rocket Forces Command for individual sanctions. Then, just last month, after the regime's first two ICBM launches, we adopted Resolution 2371, the strongest sanctions we have ever imposed on North Korea. That resolution banned North Korean exports of coal, iron, and seafood, and imposed several other measures that will significantly cut off the revenues needed to fund their nuclear program. Why did I take the time to go through this history? To make this point, the United Nations Security Council has spoken with unusual unity and consistency on North Korea. That's a good thing. Along the way, there have been problems with implementation and the Council has at times been too slow and too weak. 
but this is not a situation in which we have allowed divisions among us to stop any action. Still, here we are. Despite our efforts over the past 24 years, the North Korean nuclear program is more advanced and more dangerous than ever. They now fire missiles over Japanese airspace. They now have ICBM capabilities. They now claim to have tested a hydrogen bomb. And just this morning, there are reports that the regime is preparing for yet another ICBM launch. To the members of the Security Council, I must say, enough is enough. We have taken an incremental approach, and despite the best of intentions, it has not worked. Members of this council will no doubt urge negotiations and a return to talks. But as I have just outlined, we have engaged in numerous direct and multilateral talks with the North Korean regime, and time after time, they have not worked. The time for half measures in the Security Council is over. The time has come to exhaust all of our diplomatic means before it's too late. We must now adopt the strongest possible measures. Kim Jong-un's action cannot be seen as defensive. He wants to be acknowledged as a nuclear power. But being a nuclear power is not about using those terrible weapons to threaten others. Nuclear powers understand their responsibilities. Kim Jong-un shows no such understanding. His abusive use of missiles and his nuclear threats show that he is begging for war. War is never something the United States wants. We don't want it now. But our country's patience is not unlimited. We will defend our allies and our territory. The idea that some have suggested a so-called freeze for freeze is insulting. When a rogue regime has a nuclear weapon and an ICBM pointed at you, you do not take steps to lower your guard. No one would do that. We certainly won't. The time has come to exhaust all diplomatic means to end this crisis. And that means quickly enacting the strongest possible measures here in the UN Security Council. Only the strongest sanctions will enable us to resolve this problem through diplomacy. We have kicked the can down the road long enough. There is no more road left. This crisis goes well beyond the UN. The United States will look at every country that does business with North Korea as a country and the United States will look at every country that does business with North Korea as a country that is giving aid to their reckless and dangerous nuclear intentions. And what we do on North Korea will have a real impact on how other outlaw nations who seek nuclear weapons choose to conduct themselves in the future. The stakes could not be higher. The urgency is now. 24 years of half measures and failed talks is enough. Thank you. So I probably could have set that clip up a lot better. Um, but that was uh, the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., Nikki Haley, um, with quite a bit to say, obviously. It's about six minutes clip of uh, what she was saying as she was addressing the U.N. Um, some interesting comments she made. Um, again, though, like it'll be crazy to see where this goes. Um, she was saying a lot of different things. Uh, one of the things she was saying was that how the UN can all 
come to agreement about what's going on with North Korea, but the tactics that they use, the diplomacy that they use, doesn't seem to be working. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, if diplomacy can win out, I think that's what everybody hopes. Um, you know, I think a lot of people have concerns about that. They have concerns sometimes about maybe even the wording that um, Haley uses, although what she says compared to what Trump says, um, I think is a little bit more um, in line with what most people are thinking. Um, you know, it'll be very interesting to see where this goes. Um, but that clip I thought was, you know, important to show to you guys. Um, I, I think that this is a huge story, obviously. Um, and it's something that we're going to be talking about again for a long time, um, it seems like. Um, but some thoughts on what she was saying. Uh, Wajahat Ali said, Nothing like a war to distract a country and help a flailing president. I mean, it might destroy the world, but think of the ratings. Huge. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely a perspective that you can take looking at this, right? Um, it, it's, uh, it's an interesting situation, to say the least, you know? Um, but I definitely thought that that was an interesting take. Another take, uh, Mark uh, Kallenbach saying, uh, no Nikki Haley, he's begging for us to bite, let's be smarter than that. Um, and that's a belief that a lot of people have, is that um, you know, with the might that the U.S. has with their military um, and the influence and everything that they have um, you know, in their position in the world, North Korea it seems is, is being the aggravator and, and obviously they have been for quite some time um, it seems like a lot of people view it that way where you know they're just trying to bait the US in um, because by doing that um, regardless of what actually happens necessarily let's say to North Korea um, what that does to the US on the global stage um, would be pretty crazy to see um, how countries react to it. China, obviously, Russia, um, but even the U.S. allies. Um, you know, depending on the approach that the U.S. takes, that could definitely determine um, the future of the world in a number of different ways. Um, but one of, you know, politics-wise, one of the interesting things to be looking at with that is whatever route they take, and, you know, again, for me personally, you know, you kind of hope that it's diplomacy until there's no option for diplomacy. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that affects the U.S.'s uh, presence on the world stage. Um, and I think that that's where Mark is coming from with that. And I definitely respect that opinion enough to share it with you guys on the podcast. Um then, on a slightly lighter note, uh, we have a tweet here of a guy exercising, and his exercise routine is intense, to say the least. So I wanted to share this with you guys. I actually exercised myself earlier today, but it was nowhere near as intense as what this guy was doing. Uh, so <laughs>
what can you say? Um, you know, I thought my burpees were intense. That guy, not only did he stand up doing his burpee, he actually leaped over his stool, I believe. Um, and that was like the least of what he was doing. Um, so yeah, that guy, he is a machine. I don't think he's human at all. Um, you know, you see people doing different exercises for CrossFit, um, and there's different levels of intensity to that. Um, but what this guy was doing, which I found interesting, was his exercises, they, they've crossed the line into the kind of craziness you see from CrossFit. Um, nothing against anybody that does CrossFit, by the way, but, you know, it is, I think everybody would agree, a little bit intense. Um, what he was doing, though, you could see where he's, you know, working on functional strength, um, and, and to an extent that um, normal exercises don't really do. So, you know, I was watching that video, and I'm probably, I'll be honest with you guys, I'm probably going to go back and watch the video quite a few times in the future, just to see some of the stuff he was doing, because what he was doing, ultimately, I think, is, is not just, you know, building him up physically, uh, but the functional strength that he's able to get from it, um, I, I think, is really interesting. So, um, yeah. I, I, I encourage you guys, especially if you're watching on the podcast, all you heard was just like two minutes of music there. Um, but definitely uh, follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash the John D. Newton. Um, and you guys would be able to uh, see that tweet, watch that video, um, and see just what a machine this guy truly is. Um, moving on uh, to a clip of a UFC fight gone wrong. And it's a little bit quick, but let me go back. So this guy's in a UFC fight, then he starts to dance a little bit, and he gets knocked out. So anytime that you see that, uh, usually it doesn't work out. That reminded me so much of uh, those of you guys that are UFC fans, you'll remember Anderson Silva when he was kind of like dancing around, he had his arms down, he wasn't you know protecting himself. Uh, never a smart thing to do in mixed martial arts, you know, you want to respect your opponent um, because you never know, especially in that sport, like all it takes is just one shot um, and that could be, you know, it could be over. So, you know, I thought in a way it was funny, um, definitely. Uh, In fact, the caption for that was, hold my beer while I dance during a fight. Um, So, you know, there's definitely humor to that, but at the same time, you kind of watch performances like that and you're in disbelief at how disrespectful that is to the other competitor. Um, you know, like you're dancing, you're not protecting yourself. How much disrespect do you have for your competitor who in all likelihood is very capable of putting you down, you know, especially if you're not at your best like that. So very foolish thing to do, rightfully so, made f- fun of on online. You know, I can't complain about that. Um, another really good tweet from Billionaire Mindset I believe this is the third one today uh, that we've shared uh, forget those who forget you that is so true I think a lot of times just in general uh, we as people you know we, we get attached um, you know sometimes to certain people as friends or, or more than friends and um, you know you, you know, things happen over time, you know, uh, sometimes relationships last forever, and you do have, you know, friends for life, sometimes 
they don't, you know, and, and they're more acquaintances, they were with you for a certain period of time, and once that time is gone, that's it. Um, you know, I think in the back of everybody's mind, everybody understands that. Um, everybody understands that, you know, over the course of a lifetime, there's only so much time that you have to be with other people, um, to interact with other people, things like that. Um, but it's a different story when people actually purposely forget you. And I think that that's basically what they're saying there is like to, for you to forget people who purposely forget you. Um, and basically, you know, it's, it's a harsh way of saying, you know, to move on, to, um, you know, look forward um, and appreciate the people that are with you um, and the people that stick with you. So, you know, I thought that that was a really good thought. That was a really good tweet. Um, and definitely something I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, that brings me to a really interesting story, something I had no idea about. Um, and this one actually has me on the edge of my seat because I want to share this with you guys because I found this so interesting, especially on Labor Day. So before we were talking about not wearing white on after Labor Day, uh, now we're going to be talking about an actual apparent strike that happened out in space. Um, so this was actually allegedly in 1973 um, there was actually three astronauts who staged a strike in space on the space station for the US called Skylab uh, every hour of their day had been scheduled for weeks and they were given no time to rest uh, they told mission control to fix that and stop talking to them for a day as a result um, so they now had time to rest between their mission tasks when they stopped talking uh, to mission control. So in an act of clear retaliation, none of the astronauts were allowed to fly into space again. So after those actions, once they came back, they were never allowed to fly back out into space. Um, they're largely unrecognized despite the fact that the space strike is arguably the first assertion of human rights against authority made in space. Um, so definitely a huge deal, and these men deserve to have their names written into the stars, this person says, as the people who helped make space a place for humans to be human. Um, so definitely uh, an interesting story, something I really wasn't aware of. Um, you know, one of those like footnotes in history that you never really hear about. Um, but, you know, that is something I found extremely interesting. Um, and there's more takes on it, which I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, so in 1973, this was actually also the longest space mission. Uh, so that was 84 days in space. But at some point, these astronauts just got fed up, which, you know, after 84 days, could you really blame them? Um, on December 28th, 1973, so giving you kind of like a timeline of this story, uh, Mission Control lost contact with these three astronauts aboard the Skylab space station. And the one true Bix tweeted, it being a strike seems disputed, but this story about orbital labor negotiations is fascinating. And I agree. I think that this, the whole story, um, especially because I definitely wasn't even close to being aware of, about it happening, um, it, it truly is fascinating. And I... I tend to agree with uh, the one true Bix here, calling it a strike and maybe what it actually was, maybe 
two totally different things. Obviously, it makes the story better to say that it was a strike, uh, like a planned strike. Um, who knows what really happened there? Um, really, I think only those three astronauts do. Maybe mission control. Um, but it's, it's still a fascinating story. Um, and just to kind of emphasize what happened to those three astronauts, uh, Alexander Chi tweeted out, uh, they were blacklisted from future missions. So that's how seriously they took what happened when they lost the communication. Um, Tamara tweeted that this was mutiny. Uh, in response to Tamara, Ray says, it says all that in the original tweet, all strikes are a form of mutiny. They just don't happen in ships. So, you know, a bit of a jab uh, to Tamara there. Um, Tamara tweeted back, though, space travel is expensive. Crews are trained to maximize their time in orbit, and NASA reevaluated astronaut qualifications after looking for, quote, better team players. So, an interesting after effect of, of that story. Um, And these, this is an image of the two astronauts here. Um, let me just pull up the image text here. Or not. That's okay. Um, and then James Santelli had a really good tweet. I thought this was funny. He said, Space Strike in theaters, Labor Day 2019. And I thought that was perfect. Uh, that would be a really good script. Especially, if, you know, look at what's out in theaters right now. Uh, go a year from now. Um, that would be an interesting script. Very interesting script to me. Um, Space Strike. Uh, story totally about what happened with these three astronauts and mission control. Um, I'd watch it. I'd pay to see it, actually. Uh, so, really good tweet there. Um, as I was talking about earlier, uh, you know, this podcast has been, I feel like, half North Korea, half wrestling. Um, but that's all good, because I'm a huge wrestling fan, as you guys can tell the title there. Um, again, uh, just to talk about Matthew and what he does, uh, Botchamania is one of the funniest things on Twitter. If you're a wrestling fan and you don't watch Botchamania, you're doing it wrong. Um, he has a new Botchamania episode, uh, Botchamania 350. Uh, I've retweeted that, but you guys can also follow uh, Matthew on Twitter at Matthew, M-A-F-F-E-W, Greg, G-R-E-G-G. -G. Uh, and on, on Twitter, uh, Matthew Botchamania guy. Uh, that's the, the name there. So, um, always very funny. I actually watched Botchamania 350 before starting this podcast. I can tell you there are a number of hilarious things in it. Uh, the ending's very good. Uh, some interesting... Uh, well, I don't want to give it away. So, uh, definitely watch Botchamania 350 if you are a wrestling fan and you're looking for some laughs. I highly recommend it. And that's it. So, again, you know, I wanted to thank you guys for joining us on this second podcast. Um, hopefully, you guys found that this one wasn't quite as stiff. Um, I'm going to continue to work on that. Uh, when I was re-watching the first episode, that was one of the things I was looking at. I just kind of felt like it was a little bit stiff, um, you know. Um, but as a first episode, I think that's usually what happens. Um, I want to thank 
so much guys uh, everybody that's been watching this episode everybody that watched the first episode everybody that commented everybody that especially all the people that liked um, our Facebook page facebook.com slash PJBD podcast uh, Papa John's brain dropping podcast on Facebook uh, the link will be uh, below on YouTube um, I can't thank you guys enough uh, for the support it means a lot so much um, and yeah like I keep the comments coming guys keep the feedback coming uh, keep interacting with me on Twitter on YouTube on Facebook um, I can't say enough uh, it, it's it's been crazy to see the amount of support for this uh, I'm so happy uh, to see that you guys are enjoying it as much as I do um, and hopefully you guys will continue to enjoy it as much as I do because I do plan to continue this uh, this is not just a one-shot one and done uh, this podcast is going to continue continue to grow um, I kind of spared everybody the intro um, you know uh, but we're still looking for a sponsor for the show so if you have a product if you have a service if you have a company that you want to advertise at the beginning of the podcast, at the end of this podcast, uh, I'm willing to do both. Um, you know, just hit us up, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on YouTube, Facebook, wherever you can. Um, let us know. We would love to, to get some partnerships going uh, to promote some good businesses out there, some good products, some good services uh, through iTunes, through Stitcher, through TuneIn, uh, through YouTube. Uh, you know it's a great way to reach out to a larger audience so um, really excited for anybody that wants to get in on that um, but at the same time if you want to be a part of the conversation if you want to be a part of the show uh, please make sure to uh, follow us on Twitter it's twitter.com slash the John D Newton N-E-W-T-O-N um, and also you know comment as well on YouTube uh, we'll definitely be looking at uh, any comments on YouTube uh, and you know sharing that on the show as well um, but Twitter to be honest probably the best way to get a, to, to be a part of the show um, as you can tell like Twitter is a huge part of the show so if you communicate with us through Twitter you will probably make it onto the show more than likely um, for those of you guys on Facebook as we said uh, continue to like and share us on facebook.com slash PJBD podcast um, iTunes we're still waiting for the review to come in but uh, it should be approved shortly as soon as it is believe me you guys will be hearing about it uh, once we're there and I think it's just a matter of time before we are there uh, please make sure that you download subscribe and review us on iTunes um, we're also currently on podcast.com it's a great way for you guys to listen to it especially as a podcast uh, so you guys would be able to uh, hear it uh, on the go. You could hear it while you're commuting, hear it at work, hear it when you're relaxing. Um, you don't necessarily have to watch it on YouTube. Uh, so podcast.com right now is a great host. Uh, we will also be on Stitcher soon. We'll be on TuneIn as well. Um, and, you know, we're still looking at options in terms of anybody that wants to contribute to the show monetarily. Uh, we're looking at PayPal. We're looking at Patreon. We're looking at GoFundMe. Uh, Indiegogo. There's a lot of different options we're going to take a look at, uh, and those options will be to make the show better, 
uh, more than anything. So any contributions there will be appreciated. But again, we're not quite there yet. Um, and yeah, you know, I wanted to thank you guys for joining us for the second show and look forward to the third show.